Affordable housing is a basic human right, and to build a better Kentucky where all our people can thrive, safe and reliable housing is absolutely essential. I wanted to be better and meet those goals, and it wouldn't have been possible without Kentucky housing. Knowing that I had a roof over my head, um, food to eat, knowing that I didn't have to want for anything, um, that's a that's a big plus. Being a single parent and not having to worry about um, you know housing, uh, paying bills while you know being in school. But I am here to tell you that there is a lot of beauty in this part of the county. Bringing it home with KHC. Welcome back to another installment of Bringing It Home with KHC, the best podcast in the Commonwealth for housing-related topics. My name is Steve Morrow, and in this episode, we will be looking back on the 2022 flood and the subsequent recovery through the eyes and stories of two homeowners, Sherry Mullins, who lost her home, and Adam Stacy, whose home was severely damaged. In the years since, both homeowners have worked with Housing Development Alliance and Hazard, Sherry to buy a new home, and Adam to repair the damage to his. Well, let's, uh, let, let's start at the beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and where you're from? Okay, my name is Sherry Mullins, and I was raised in, uh, in Breathitt County in the community of River Caney. And uh, River Caney is in the, it's, it's on the uh, uh, north end of Perry. And uh, that was the hardest hit area of the whole flood that, that we knew of. And um, I worked for the Natural Resources Conservation Service for 40 years, and I had retired exactly one month before the flood came. So I am starting to actually know what retirement's like and, and I'm enjoying my retirement. Adam, what about you? Well, my name's Adam Stacy. I was born here in Hazard and raised on Lodge Creek, 59 years old. It's the only place I ever lived. I recently had become disabled. And I, I can't do a lot of things I used to could do. The housing lines, there's some good folks, but so it helped me out a lot. I'm so grateful. Well, yeah, if we go back to um, the, the end of July last year, um, what do you remember about all of that? <laughs> I got flooded twice in one day. Was that July 27th or? 28th, I think. 27th, 28th, something like that. Well, about a year ago, before this flood, we had another flood. And one of our neighbors' homes got washed off in that flood. This last flood, I had several neighbors lost their homes. It devastated the Lodge Creek. It devastated. My dad's house, the stone house, been there since 1935. Never been flooded. And it got three foot in the basement of that house. I consider myself the luckiest man that ever lived. I sure do. Um, if we, do you remember anything about that? Uh those last couple of days of July? Well, the evening of the flood, it was just a pretty sun, sunny evening, and uh, my nieces had come down and their children, and they were just playing you know, out in the yard. And I always watched the weather, but for some reason, I did not watch it that evening. Had I known they were giving seven inches of rain, you know, I certainly would have not have gone to bed. But uh, I, I did go to bed, and I was asleep, and um, my aunt, that lived down below me, she called, and she said that the creek was up, which now she is a worrywart. 
and uh, she had a chicken coop, you know, and she was worried about her chickens. So I got up, and um, I, I always check the radar, and I remember seeing two red spots, and I told her, I said, it's on the way out. And, but little did I know those spots were gonna come together and stay. So um, I got up and I did put my clothes on and it's, it was just a few yards you know, to her house. And when I went outside, it was like, it smelled like a tropical rainforest or something like that where you know, I've been to, you know, like in a, you a zoo smell or something. The water. You could smell it. And it was raining so hard that I barely could see how to walk and the thunder was jarring the ground. And, and the lightning. And um, when I walked down through there, I looked at the creek and it was up, but I had seen it way bigger. Yes. So I got to, their, to her house and we were just sitting there. And of course she wanted to go out and I kept telling her no. So um, then my niece, but, but when I was walking out the door, uh, the uh, National Weather Service sirens, you know, the, on the phones had started going off. But by that time we were already washed away. And when, when we got down there, my niece texted, and we got a little family chat, and she said, it's under my house. And I'm thinking, it, it can't be. That is too high. So I got up, and I walked over to the front door of my aunt's house, and I opened the door. And when I did, the floodwaters was ready to come in the stoop of the house. And it was like 20, already 20 feet out in front in the driveway. And that's when I looked up at my house. And my house looked like the North Fork River on both sides of it. I did not wake my husband and my son up because I had done that so many times, you know, just to go comfort her. So we got out and I helped her, we waited out and we got to the to the road and I never left right in front of my house um, because my husband and son were trapped in, in there. The yeah, they were in there. And then when the power went off, I could see them in that house and they had flashlights and the water was literally over top of the back of that house where they were walking back and forth through there. So i just be honest with you, I just stood there and I prayed. And the water was about to wash me down in the main road. And I stayed there and, and I watched the neighbors' houses float by. I saw it, you know, just like screeching, just like almost tearing the roof off of my house. And in the lightning, I could, it, the water was, you know, swift and big here and the road and stuff. But the main stream of that water, uh, I guessed it to be 30 feet high. And then later, when the uh, hydrologists came in, they said the main street, the main stream of that water probably was 30 to 35 feet high. And um, it, it's just, it was like ocean waves. It was, it would just like surge and then it would come back and, and just, you know, keep on. And the last thing that I, that I saw coming was uh, my niece, her children's playhouse when they were small. I saw it coming and it was pushing like a four foot wall of water in front of it. And I thought, well, this, this is gonna be the end. This is gonna take everything we've got. But somehow, that I was in the road and that little playhouse, it was made out of rough lumber, it came literally and landed right, I could touch it right at my hand, like that right there. And when it did, that wall of water passed and when it did, I, I could see some grass there in our yard, and I kind of knew how deep it was. And my niece's husband went in, you know, waded in and got my husband and son out of there. And by then, you know, I mean, I, they, of course they were terrified, you know, all that, but they didn't see what was behind them. But um, after that, we got out, and everybody went to my mom and dad's old house, and we were on the porch just sitting there, and that's when we found out that um, 
my niece and her her uh, partner and her son had actually were in that water. I heard a voice. One of them was help, help. One of them was like a low groan, and the other one was a high pitched scream. But I did not know it was them until you know, and still didn't know until later. Until later, and they came. You know, my him and my nephew came up the road, and I just like lost all kind of. Of sense of reasoning, I just didn't, could not put that together. Like, why would they be down there? And then that's when we all got together and went to the porch. Is when we realized that she, you know, she was missing. Yeah. So we just sat there until daylight, and just to wait to see what was going to happen next. I got flooded that morning, and I got. I've got used to where I live on a creek bank. I've got used to, like you said, watching the water, you know, because, you know, I've got a ride mower down there, and i got stuff stored underneath my back porch and air conditioning unit. I know, I know the water got up the second time with like a pipe, a hose-like thing that goes from my heating and cooling unit to, to the house, and I could look down and see the creek under my home. And I thought, wow, well, I said, the water's up this time. Go outside and... Uh, I got an old army jeep sits underneath a carport. And I had over the years collected several telephone poles I was going to use them to build a, a good, pretty good sized truck rod, you know, use the bowl. And the two of them was gone to the Centennial telephone pole went about down the creek. And uh, I remember my grandmother's talking about in the 1957 flood they hit around here that cattle. She can remember cattle floating down the creek. This time, me and old lady jump in the truck, my girlfriend, we're gonna go see how how the water's got, you know, how's everybody doing? There was a house that across the creek from my dad's. It was sitting in the road. And then people were sitting on their porch drinking beer and party, having a flood party. <laughs> and they said, he said, I know we was in trouble when I seen the sparks, when every power pole from the power line kept come loose from the power pole. <laughs> That's when, you know, with the house, they were still in the house. They jumped out and got to safety, you know. But never, I, I've seen things that my grandfather didn't see on this water deal. I've never seen nothing like it. The water was coming off the hill from my neighbor's house. It was filled for filling culvert. And it was filling ditch lined up in front of my house. I sat and watched it. If it would rain five more minutes, it would have overflowed on this side. And once that, once this, once roadside goes, it all goes, you know. And, and I said, it's going to be death that second time. It, what amazed me about it was it comes so quick. I mean, the water had just receded from the high water that morning. How did you both get out? I mean, if you had a wall of water coming at you and it took a, a telephone pole away from you, how are you both able to get out? We weren't able to get out. I lived six miles up in Lost Creek. And the water was over the road about a mile and a half from my house down the road. But it was it was over the road, all the way out of the holler to the river. Everybody was flooded. Right. You, the road, the, you could took a boat down the road, you know. That's how high the water got. Like I said, wow. I didn't realize how bad it was until I left my house. Well, see, where we lived, I, we're like you. I, I had no idea how how bad it was <laughs> because when it when it got daylight the, the next morning, I'll be honest with you, the first thing I did 
was went just you know up to the little cemetery, our family cemetery, to see if my parents were still on the ground. And I mean, you know, fortunately they were, but there was another community in Breathitt County that uh, they didn't stay in the ground. You know, we just are resilient. You know, we're okay. It's come a flood. The power's off. We're gonna yeah had the biggest house. We're just gonna keep everybody here because people right above us, two houses completely washed away and uh, the same below us. And, you know, we'll just take them to our house and, and we'll be fine until we get help. Well, that's when we went out the next morning and uh, our, my house, I lived in a double wide and the back portion of it was like washed out, like 30, it was standing 30 feet high, just being held by the bolts. And uh, the land was gone from under. A creek that used to be six feet wide was now 70 feet wide. And when, <laughs> when I went out there and I just stood there and looked at that, it's like I thought, well, you know, life as I know it here is over. And then as I was standing, it was like a shock. I thought, what about our neighbors down the creek? And that's when we, a, a, a young man from the front up the creek had walked down and he came back and he was telling us about the ones that were missing and, you know, and, and how bad it was and that kind of thing. And so um, we just kind of, sat around you know we had had somebody had a grill and we had some food that didn't wasn't in the flood water so i fixed that and and everybody was just kind of just sitting around because we didn't know what to do and then every time that then about 10 o'clock the national guard helicopter started coming over and um, my my niece and nephew would go out and they would wave and finally about five o'clock they repelled one down in a field right across from us and um that's when he it got one on the ground and uh, my one, my sons had four wheelers and they had washed away and one of them uh, they found it and it actually started and uh, they said they would for them to get whoever wanted to leave and uh, take them to a field a half a mile above the house and they had landed two Black Hawk helicopters there. Fortunately we did have you know, our, like our box with our deeds and then our purse and our, you know, I had those things, but many of our neighbors did not, you know, they lost everything they had. So we got up there and uh, they shuttled us to the helicopters and um, they uh, flew us to the airport in Hazard here. And then that's people, just volunteers. You know, you've, you've worked all your life and everything you have worked for is gone. God. And when I was running across that field to get in that helicopter, I lost the shoes actually that I had on. So I left with no shoes, no, you know, nothing. But like I said, I had my purse and I had my phone, which was more than many. And uh, after they did, they took us up to the Gospel Light Church here in Hazard. Up on, it's around from the flea market. Mm. And uh, they kept us, they took us in, they gave us food blankets you know and you never like he was saying earlier I was have always been the helper I've never been the helpy and that, that's a position that I never thought that I would be in but you know he we've had good people that took care of us and we were fortunate my son and daughter-in-law live in northern Kentucky and when the water went down the next day they were able to get to us so we went home with them and we stayed um, for four months. We had, I had a friend that was telling us about the housing, which I, I know who Housing Development Alliance is because I worked in the service center with Rural Development and she told me that uh, they had some, you know, some monies for flood people and she said apply. So I did and I'm like you, never expecting that I would get chosen for that. Huh. 
because I mean, you know, you've planned for your retirement and yep. you, you didn't expect that y'all of a sudden you're going to buy a new house and well, what about this and what about this, you know? And uh, we, we managed and they, they helped us and we have everything that we need. And you know we are blessed with where we are. We live in the on the mountaintop. We went from a country setting to a subdivision, but we're okay. We're doing well. Adam, you said you hadn't heard about them before. How did you end up hearing about HDA? Well, all this got started with me. Somebody told me. Well, I called my air conditioning guy. Kite works on air conditioning. I called him up. Said, John, come up here and check my air conditioning. See if you see if you can get it to work. John told me that they were doing low-interest loans. And I filled an application out like what you said. And that was on a, a Friday, about 3 o'clock. It was about quitting time. Cause they was getting ready to close the doors from, 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 at, the, at the housing allowance. So I filled it out in the parking lot the following Monday. They were going to look at the air conditioner. I can go ahead and look at the house. But it would take me 10 years to do what they done in two weeks. That's amazing. And uh, sometimes it still tears me up. I don't know what to think. I talked to some people and he said, we might be able to get this done for you. And I said, no, wait a minute. I said, I don't want uh, a big bill. He said, this may not cost you nothing. That's what he said. May. He didn't say it would or whatever, you know. And I didn't stop him. <laughs> you know, uh, I became acquainted with some of them. I worked with one boy's uh, brother and his daddy, uh, Cody, uh, Mark Cody. Works, he's one of the carpenters, Nanny Carpenter. I left my house, you know, which I, I got a bunch of guns, personal items, it's worth, that's valuable. I've collected over the years. and. Uh, not one thing was bothered. Not one thing was touched. And I got neighbors I want to, I want to turn loose with my house. <laughs> you know, and that's going to show integrity to me, you know. You know, with the, what they do, that integrity starts to top. I feel like I won the lottery and didn't waste the money. They, they fixed everything on my house, buddy. Every day that I get up, every day that I get up, I thank the Lord, Lord above. Considering how I started out in life, it meant so much to me. What all did they do to your home? Do you know what all what all repairs they made? Well, uh, they painted my ceilings. They uh, uh, repaired my uh, laundry room floor and the kitchen floor. And they done it right. They took the appliances out and took uh, everything out and put the, and put stuff down that, that water don't hurt. You know, use the best of materials. Everything that they use comes from home lumber. And home lumber has been around hazardous health lumber for over 100 years. I'd rather be lucky than good any day. You know, for your lucky. I don't know. Thank you. Yeah. I, I don't. I can get up every morning and jump up and kick my heels. Y'all are changing now. They changed my life. Still have to save my money like I was going to have to. I could take my girlfriend to on a vacation. Live. They, they make me live. They turn me to work to live. You know, just because you're alive don't mean you live. It's always good to have a little jingle in your pocket. It makes me feel better. I never cared about money, but I love getting paid. You know? <laughs>
Well, sure. Can you tell us about, about your new house and how you came into getting the one that you have now? Well, um, I had a friend that told me about the, the flood people, you know, they were they had a pot of monies that, you know, that, that they were going to give. And uh, I thought, well, you know, I know about income levels and that kind of thing. And I thought, well, you know, we would never qualify for that. We're not wealthy, but, you know, we just wouldn't. Well, we, we did, and, and we applied. And uh, I think there was ten openings up there where we are. And we got chosen as one of the ten. And uh, when Chris, I, I didn't know Scott. at the, I knew who he was, but I'd never met him. But I knew Chris Dahl because he had been in and out of the office a lot. So um, he, uh, he called us one day, and he came up there to show us where our lot would be. Yeah. And uh, the, he said, you can, this is your lot right here, and you can pick the house plan that you want. He said, but we've also had someone that um, had, had a house built, and they have decided not to take it. They want to go back to where they came from, right. which I don't remember now what county it was. And he said, you can walk through it if you, if you want to. So we did, and then Chris looked at us, and, and he said, um, "I'll tell you." He said, "You can you can go with the house plan and the lot that's yours, or he said you can have this one. Which one do you want?" And I was telling them, you know, I've never really let my husband make these kind of decisions, but I looked at him and I said, "Do do you want this to build this one, or do you want this one that's already built?" He said, "I'm gonna. I'd rather have the one that's already built." And I said, that is just fine with me. Yeah. You know, it was, and so that's how we came to be at Blue Sky Drive. How's the rest of the community in, in Lots Creek? How did they all recover? A lot of them hang. But, and a lot of them had, to, like the house that got washed out across my dad's, that guy had, you know, he had to, for some reason he bought three trailers and he had a pool room in one and, you know, this kind of stuff for, for his personal use. He just had a he had another house to move into, you know. Uh, these people, like I said, that's still that's still not recovered. You know, it, you know it's been like yeah, is it be a year? Just, just, uh, a year and uh, next month. You know, I was going. There was cars piled up, thirty foot high, washed up, stacked on top of each other. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a like it in Florida, man. And you just like you see a porch. And then you'd see a bed, and then you'd see a couch. You know, these were people's homes. That's what. That's when I really seen how bad it was. Thought that was people's homes. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I sit and I think about that. And, and you know, sometimes I just have to think God's got His hand right on my shoulder. I sure do. When I seen them people's houses hanging in the trees that that maybe that that done that changed me. Somehow that changed me. You know, uh, live every day like it's your last cause it could because it could be. Absolutely. And be fair to people, be kind when they let you, and be thankful for every blessing. And don't take nothing for granted. Absolutely. Don't take nothing for granted people, things, the good things in your life, it could change overnight. So I've learned to be happy most of the time. Me too. This really changed my life, man. I'm telling you, I lost faith in humanity. You know, greed, 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 money, your money, there. make more money, spend more money, worry about how you're going to pay the bills. 
You know what I'm saying? It's the last thing on your mind now. You know, you care about your neighbor. I want my neighbors to recover. Me too. There was people from all over the United States came in there and just brought people, like you said, uh, trailers, whatever they needed. They give out Lee's Famous Recipe fried chicken <laughs> dinners up here for a month. I bet, I bet it was a month right there on East Main Street. Three-piece chicken dinner, all right, you know. People lined up. There's a lot of people, that's the only meal they come. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, and, you know, you, you have complete strangers just come by and they stop there. Are you hungry? You Are you want, hungry? You, you and, want a hot dog? And normally you, you wouldn't do that, but you're hungry and you don't have anything to eat. You know, what? Are, yes, and thank you. You know, just so, so many people came in to help. That's that's a good segue. I was just going to say, I think a lot of people don't understand, people who aren't from Kentucky don't understand the community in eastern Kentucky, and I just wondered if you could talk a little bit about that. You know, um, how you were saying, Sherry, that everyone gathered in one house, and they all, um, you guys fed each other. And um, I think a lot of people in eastern Kentucky who were impacted by the flood they all, you know, families all got together and housed each other for almost a year, you know, until until they could find a more stable solution. And neighbors helped each other, you know, they all checked on each other. So I just wondered if you could talk a little bit about that after the flood. <clears throat> well, see, we I didn't know, along with anybody else, we did not know that we were trapped. Uh, we we there was like a, the flood had piled up huge rocks on this side, excuse me, <clears throat> and then down below it had washed pretty much the road out. So there was just like, um, I think there was 23 of us here together, and we just didn't realize, you know, how bad it was. And then after, like I said, we found food that the flood water hadn't got on, and we cooked and fed each other. And my niece had just had a, a three-week to a month-old baby, and it's kind of like you've got to have, I would have been the only one of, like you said, clans or families or however you want to say that, uh, that would have had cases of water and extra food and that kind of thing but it was not accessible because we couldn't even get in our house but we did find enough to to feed everyone till the national guard come in and, and flew us out but fortunately we were not ones that got rescued in the buckets that we didn't have to do that and um but in i didn't realize how bad it was until the next uh let's see friday the next day and we were going up north in northern Kentucky with my son and daughter-in-law and um, coming down Highway 15 from Perry through Breathitt, especially there at Ned, I just wow. just could not fathom it because Highway 15 was the stream channel and there were places flooded that I just could not I worked at could Western not Diesel. Yeah. It was a diesel shop right just there. Just completely Ned. gone, destroyed. Gone. Nothing left. School buses laying everywhere. Everywhere. And we didn't get to come, my, my boys came back on Saturday after the flood, but I didn't come back till the next weekend. And they literally had to rebuild the road into the community. And they didn't get power back for like, I think maybe two weeks or going on three. The power, the water didn't get back for like almost three months. So it was hard. They brought in uh, like tanks. We'll just bring this huge tanker truck full of water and they made sure that everybody in the community had one of those tanks and they just that's how they survived you know with water but like I said had neighbors checking on neighbors making sure that they had what they needed the niece who had a three to five week old baby that wasn't the one who washed down the creek right 
No, that was okay. no, that was her sister. Uh, was it a, a baby? No, no, uh, my niece, uh, Amy. She she's the one that she was out at the barn with her, uh, getting her animals, you know. And that's when the water surged suddenly, and they all three ended up in the creek. And and she just shoved her son. He was sixteen, and she told him to swim towards the road. And he said he did not know how, but he just ended up, it just like threw him up in the road. He figured it out real quick. He figured it out. <laughs> but yeah. And it, and it pitch black dark, you know, the power was off by then. I still come from the time when people care about each other. Mm-hmm. Lots Creek is a unique community. I, I suggest you, if you ever get a chance, move there. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah, your, your community is pretty special too. You said you have a lot of history there with your, your family. Great place. I'm, uh, I'll be buried right where I'm at. Not far from where I live is where I'll be buried. That's your truth. Well, can you talk a little bit about, uh, is it River Canyon? Yeah, River Canyon. Uh, it was settled, I think, in the 1700s um, and uh, from a fellow that was my great-great-great-grandfather who came over from Virginia. And it, it's just been passed down to generation to generation. And it was offered, you know, like there, there's uh, FEMA and NRCS. They have, you know, the option to buy out the, you know, your property and that kind of thing. But, I, you know, I won't do that because that was my mother's heritage and my daddy's heritage. And it didn't matter that there's mighty few feet of it left. That's still my family heritage, and she wouldn't have, you know, sold it, and therefore, you know, I'm not going to do it either. But um, family was in, important to them, and my family is important to me. And you know, we we might take to fight and scratch sometimes, but when the chips are down, we're going to take care of one another, as with our neighbors too. Yeah, we try to help each other. Well, is uh, like Molly said, there's a lot of people who maybe don't live in Kentucky, don't know a lot about Eastern Kentucky maybe don't know a lot about even what ha- happened. Um, what do you want people to know about the recovery here or about what's happening here? Well, one of the biggest <clears throat> things that I hear, and people just do not understand. You know, here's the, the number one thing that'll fix everything. Well, why don't you just move? You know, uh, you, you know you, you're in the floodplain. Why don't you just move? Well, first of all, where are you going to go? You know, that's any better. That, that, that you could even move to, you know. Um, and moving is not an option. And, and I, my heart of compassion has opened up to my friends and my neighbors that are still there. And they have, you know, especially one cousin of mine, I mean, she has worked tirelessly just trying to get her, her house dry enough to, to go back in there and even start to rebuild. Yep. And, and she told me about a month ago that indeed that has happened. And it has dried up under there, so they've started doing it just like one room at a time. You know, and it's like, what about the people that don't have anywhere to go? You know, my dad passed away in December, and I think about that now. Well, what if he had been there in that flood? What, what would we have done then? You know, there's just so many things, like he said, that I'm thankful for and, and just grateful that as bad as it was, it's, you know, could have been a lot worse. It's just a miracle that any of us, especially on the lower fork, are alive today. Yep. What I like for people to remember all this is that it's a tragedy, with a lot of different circumstances, that the people were resilient and will not lay down and let it whip them. 
Yeah. We'll come back as we've always come back. We're tough as nails and uh, we ain't gonna lay down quick. Is, is there any last thing that you, you want to want to add to the uh, to the conversation? Well, I'm just thankful for Housing Development Alliance and, and Kentucky Housing that have helped so many people like me. And I'm just thankful, you know, and I and when Scott or Mandy or anybody calls me and asks me if I'll come and speak to whoever, you know, I always say, yes, I will, because I want to help somebody else if I can by something that I will say because of these wonderful people that have helped me. If I can say something to help somebody else like me, then I will. These people who donate money to the, to the Housing Alliance, however it comes, I don't understand any of that stuff, but these people who donate this money, we want them to know that, that these people that has worked and, and nothing's been given to them, it appreciate it, it helps people keep donating. Donate more, if you know, if we, real wealthy people can do it, it can, oh, it can change so many lives. It could be a child that, but that was one thing we never didn't talk about was was what impact did it have on kids, oh my. animals, you know. Thankful every day that the Housing Alliance, I don't know how I got chosen to have all that work done, but they put a roof on my house. They put a picture window in the front of my house. They done so much. Well, Sherry, we, we didn't say how long have you been in your home? We, um, the, the first weekend of, of March. Okay. Did your new house? Mm -hmm. How long was you in your old house? Oh, well, since 1987 when I got married. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's, it's been a little while. It's been a few years, yeah. A little while. Yeah. I've been in my home 17 years. So. But we started over after all those years and we, we're just fine. We have everything that we need. I got more than I need. I got more than I need. I'm blessed, you know. Well, thank you. We really appreciate you coming all the way up here and talking to us from all these years. Well, that's a wrap for bringing it home today. We truly hope you've enjoyed our discussion. If you'd like to find out more information about Kentucky Housing Corporation, please feel free to visit www.kyhousing.org. That's www.kyhousing.org. If you'd like more information about this podcast and blog, you can also visit www.bringingithomeky.com. That's www.bringingithomeky.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can also email us at communications at kyhousing.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you bring it home with us again.